The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you comfortable discussing money and your personal wealth? If not, where would you start? Is it money and your family, money and charitable contributions, or business and personal wealth? This is Conversations with Money, featuring your hosts, Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski. Our show is about real people talking about money. You will develop a better understanding about your conversations with money and also hopefully develop some new habits to make conversations about money easier. Now, here is Franco and Marissa. Welcome, you're listening to Conversations with Money. I am your host, Franco Caligiuri. And I'm your host, Marissa Sepulinski. Our show is about uh, tearing apart our beliefs and looking at the walls that we set up that limit us from building wealth and using money as a tool. We want to make sure that you're following us on uh, Twitter, and uh, our Twitter is at uh, Your Money Matters, and the Matters there is no E, so it's at Your Money Matters M A T T R S, or you can go to our website, which is www.capitalcorefinancial.com, or you can uh, like us on Facebook, which is Capital Core Financial. And uh, you can call in throughout the show, toll-free, at one 472 5790 And if you don't feel like getting personal just yet and calling in, you can email us as well at info at capitalcorefinancial.com. Now, today we have a guest, uh, Julie Bayer, and she'll be joining us uh, shortly. But, uh, Marissa, this past week, I know you moved. Can I you uh, can share with us uh, your move? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I moved the past four days have been intense, moved an entire place that I was in for almost eight years and it was exciting. It was exciting. I wanted, I spent a lot of time finding the right place to move into. I wanted to leave a place that I loved only to move into a place that I was more excited about and it was worth spending a lot of time looking for and doing my due diligence and now setting up a new home. Well, you, you were sharing me some, uh, some things that you've learned. Now, I, it's, I can't imagine how you would learn something on, on moving, especially financially related, but uh, you said that you did learn a few things. Do you yeah, mind sharing uh, with our audience? I, well, I, I mean, I, I learned to be resourceful on a whole other level. I learned how to fix things around the house and do trades with friends and have them help out. And, uh, okay, such as? Such as. <laughs> Uh, well, I have a friend who's a contractor, and I gave him my HDPVR receiver because I'm not really watching that much TV anymore. I haven't actually used it. I realized I hadn't turned it on for months, and he was looking for one. So, anyways, I traded it with him, and he did a bunch of little. He did a bunch of housework for me that I didn't want. Just to get curious, how much? How much uh, was that costing you? The actual monthly or the cost of the unit? Both, actually, the the actual TVR. <laughs> I didn't that you're realize talking you'd about. be talking about this. <laughs> Uh, well, I got I I got the unit. I believe you buy it outright. I think the 
cable companies charge you either like 20 bucks a month or something for maybe three years. So that would be 36 of 20. So that's 700. No, that doesn't make sense. That's 720. I do believe at one point they were 600 in total over the course of the period that you rent it from. And then you own it at the end. I believe I bought mine outright for about 300 a year ago. And then when I realized I didn't really turn my TV on, mostly watched Netflix or podcasts, et cetera. So traded it with him and well just because he was looking for one and I use hands male hands specifically like <laughs> that didn't sound good <laughs> you know what I mean male hands around the house as a female there's certain things that are handy right male right. Hands okay. I guess so so anyways just to just to continue on looping back <laughs> so no but just what you're talking about there I found I find to be quite common or very very easy to 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 actually not look at where I think a lot of people still have a home phone or they may be paying for for cable um, or satellite. Oh, I paid for cable for uh, probably six months before I realized what am I doing paying for cable. It's not, uh, there's so many little things like that. Even calling your, when I changed, when I set up my move, I called the internet providers. One of them had a deal on and the other one wanted to keep me. So I said, keep my business, give me the same deal. And they matched it. It took me 30 seconds. And they lowered their price by, from $50 a month to 30 just to keep me. Right. Because a lot of people do have internet on their smartphones or other mobile devices, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but also still have internet at home, but actually may not be using the internet at home. So they're paying for for the same service, but multiple times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when you look at that, actually, how much how much do you think that you actually saved on that? Because you talked about, you know, Netflix or other other ways of, of viewing uh, entertainment. Mm-hmm. How much do you think you're actually saving now from that? Well, uh, monthly, probably a. More or less between all the little maneuvers I made on a monthly budgeting expense wise, probably about a hundred a month. Probably about a hundred a month, yeah. So twelve hundred dollars a year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I use yeah, yeah. So I use that to, and I I was pretty good on a budget. I mean, I was pretty close to. I gave myself a certain amount of little things. I, I realized how many little things and accents you could do to the new place to just. Uh, add a lot of value and make it, you know, homey and pretty. And it was fun. It was fun. I felt like, how can I do this move as smoothly as possible on a budget? And then with the intent of, I'm going to go into the office on Monday or Tuesday and tell Franco, you are going to be so proud of me, which I did. I walked up to you today. Multiple times. Yeah. And I'm like, you're going to be so proud of me. I did it on a budget and it looks awesome showing you the pictures, et cetera. But it feels great. I moved, I moved. It was, it was a very conscious effort of how can I make this, uh, you know, as low cost as possible while still making it a comfortable, exciting, smooth process. And, you know, some people move over over weeks. I did. I set it all up over pretty much three days, and it feels great. I was able to wake up this morning. I knew where my socks and underwear were and my clothes to go to the office were, and I could take a shower without wondering where my towel. You know you know that feeling where you're half moved in? I didn't want that, so. Right, right. So, so you actually were able to save a bit of money. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's unfortunate that you had to move to, to really start to save money or, or start to realize some oh, of these Oh, I see costs. where you're going now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a good point. I think oftentimes until there's change, we don't necessarily evaluate uh, it, what the current situation is and what we could be doing to better. And I think a lot of the times it takes failing to open up our perspective as to what can I be doing differently to implement change, which I'm, I'm guilty of for sure. It, it oftentimes does take me falling and failing 
or hitting up against limitation or having to, it gets to a point where you make the change and then you start to evaluate and then you take in all of your options. So, I mean, I think we do that in everywhere in life. Specifically, in, and this is a good way that you tied in my moving to looking at successes and failures in life and how we're constantly adjusting. That's right. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's why I really wanted to to bring in Julie today, and uh, she's a friend and somebody who makes chocolate that has kept me and my tummy very happy over the years. <laughs> As you know, I love chocolate. So she has a business. Yes, she has a chocolate business, and and. We'll get into the details. She'll be on in a minute. I'll let her explain a little bit further. But she has, I met her actually funny enough over social media because I had been eating her chocolates and I was like, who makes these chocolates? And uh, found her. We started connecting. And then she was speaking at an event that I was interested in when I heard her speak. And she fed me and kept me very happy with chocolates. And we connected very fast. And since then, have been friends, and I helped her. She came in, and we started talking about the financial understandings around her business. I was wanting to work with her simply because I loved her business. I loved her chocolates, and you know me. When I find somebody like that, I, I'm passionate about what they're passionate about. I want to help them and help them build their business plan. So, But she had failed? Yes. Initially. Yes, that's where I'm going. Yeah, she... <laughs> can I just talk? <laughs> we are co-hosts, so this is... <laughs> It takes two people to run the show here. <laughs> Thanks, Frank. I appreciate the reminder. So, yeah. So, I, what happened was that was an interesting, you know, chat that her and I have had over months now since really July is I had been challenging her on financial organization and it took, similar to how we just explained, it took sometimes a failure or a bump in the road to really fully evaluate and look at you know, your options and look at ways that you can save money, et cetera. It took her having a failure, which I'll let her get into, to hit the point of saying, okay, I can either quit and turn around or I can use this as an opportunity to readjust. I can use this as an opportunity to evaluate, to look around at what I can be doing differently. How did I create this? Where am I not paying attention to details? How did this happen? And what, what do I need to do differently to succeed? And that's why I wanted to bring her on. I thought it was a good discussion. No, absolutely. Uh, so far, all the guests that we've had, um, you know, we've had guests where we talked about mortgages, we talked about real estate, or the issues that come up with um, with with creating. You know, our show is about tearing apart those beliefs that we do have. We and, all know we have them. We we definitely do, and and uh, so we're going to get intimate uh, with uh, Julie. Intimate and, uh, and Julie, her chocolates. <laughs> intimate. So Julie, hopefully you brought some chocolates for us. <laughs> the audience will not be able to see if we if we are eating chocolates. But I love uh, chocolate over my face, talking about money. That's perfect. <laughs> well, just just a little background, you know, to uh, add to what Marissa was talking about to Julie Bayer. Uh, is a culinary artist and chocolate is uh, Julie, I believe your specialty. Is that correct? It is chocolate. I love sugar free. is my specialty. Yes, specifically just to note the chocolate that I like, the stevia one that you've heard me talk about for years. That's why I fell <laughs> in love with Julie's chocolate. <laughs> Perfect. Well, Julie is the founder and CEO of Julie Bears for the Love of Food Inc. And uh, Julie is an advocate for conscious business and entrepreneurship and has been a 
featured as a business case study in the book, Small Business, Big Change. That's very interesting. Julie, can you share a little bit about uh, what, what that is and what that case study was about? Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of my customers was uh, really passionate about how small business could make big change in the world. And she was asked to contribute to a book on that topic. And so she invited me to share my story. And um, I was really passionate to do so because I truly believe that as individuals, we have so much power to make such a huge difference in the world with our small actions. And um, even though I have a small business, um, I've been actually able to impact people's lives in a huge way. So um, that's sort of what uh, the, the case that he touches on. And yeah, it was, it was fun. You talk about your story, Julie, to share your story. Can you share a little bit with us so that everyone's familiar? You, what is your story exactly? Am I that, do you mean the story of my business or the story about my failure? <laughs> well, I mean, they do go hand in hand. All of it. Yeah, let's, let's get Julie out on, out on the table. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute honor to be here. And I actually, um, so I know I met Marissa through <laughs> She posted on Instagram her love for my sugar-free <laughs> truffles, and that's uh, how I'm here today. So I'm glad that uh, my, my truffles brought us together. Um, so my story, well, where did I start? So, yeah, I started to develop a passion for food um, when I was studying uh, economics at UBC, of all things. And it was then that I realized about the huge socioeconomic impact um, that food has in the world. So I became very interested in that. And I started taking courses in uh, agricultural economics. And uh, they uh, brought us to an organic store. And I had my bite of a first, uh, first bite of an organic apple. And it completely changed my life. Because wow. I used to hate apples. I thought they were totally disgusting. And I had never actually tried an organic apple. And so that was a really, really pivotal moment. I'm like, wow, there's, there's something to this. And then um, I later uh, did part of my degree in France. And it was in France where I really fell in love with the culinary aspect of food. And I actually had the opportunity to study in the world's gastronomical capital, uh, Lyon. So I was, fell in love with food, the marchés, all of it. Um, and I still never thought I would have a career in food at all. But then when I came back to Canada... I ended up having some health issues halfway through my degree. So I was forced, we can say, to look at nutrition and holistic health. And it was very challenging because I had a lot of allergies to food. And it, was, it was, you know, so much socialization in life happens around food, right? So I began on a journey to fall in love with food again. Um, and it kind of accidentally evolved into a business a few years later. And it's really funny looking back because I used to think, oh, I'm always in the kitchen working with food. And I was really passionate. I want to make a big difference in the world. And I wanted to, you know, work for the UN or work for the government and travel around the world. And I was so angry that I was always in the kitchen. Um, but one day I realized, I'm like, actually, this is really powerful that we can actually make a huge difference in the world through coming, going back to the kitchen, working with organic food because we're supporting, um, we vote with our dollar. We vote with our dollars. Um, and we're putting dollars into um, farms that are pre preserving the environment, um, and we're promoting um, health and well-being and many other things. So, 
yeah, and then I, I started my business shortly after I finished my degree at UBC. And how did it go when you first started? <laughs> wow, good question. So when I first started my business, I actually had no business experience. People said to me, oh, you have a degree in economics. You're really well suited to run a business. And and it's totally not true. Economics and business are completely different areas of study. Mm. Um, it did help that, yes, because I can, you know, I can do math and work with numbers. Um, but business and economics are two totally different topics. Um, so it was very challenging. I also, I accidentally ended up in, in, um, in being an entrepreneur. I didn't plan on it. So I was really passionate, really, really passionate about making a difference, about impacting people's lives. So I totally, I was looking at the financial piece, but it wasn't a huge um, part of, of, um, of what I was doing. Yeah, I think, and I mean, and that's what we're going to, we're going to be going to a break shortly, but what we want to talk about is exactly where you're leading towards the awareness and understanding and things that come with entrepreneurship that we're often not ready for. And it's funny, I, I had a conversation with Franco about this earlier where it's like, I, there's so much that comes up as entrepreneurs that you just, you can't plan for necessarily. We can try to be proactive, but there's often quite a bit of, you know, putting out fires and reactivity. So what we will get into after the break is how you create an awareness and understanding with your business and the numbers and what it took to succeed after hitting a certain level of failure. So, And before we go into break, uh, we want to make sure that uh, you are checking us out on our social media platforms. You can follow us on Twitter, which is at Your Money Matters, or you can go to uh, our website, which is www.capitalcorefinancial.com, or you can like us on Facebook, which is Capital Core Financial. Now, we'd love to have you uh, phone in and uh, join us in our conversation with Julie as we get intimate with Julie. Talk about chocolates. Talk about chocolates <laughs> and hopefully, hopefully many other things. But you can uh, phone in and our toll-free number is one 866 472 Five seven nine zero, or they can also email us. Email at info at capitalcorefinancial dot com. Now, as we go into a break, um, uh, please uh, check us out uh, on our, our website. Uh, you can actually see we have a little promo video. And you can actually see who we are, Marissa and I. But uh, we'll see you on the other side. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it will be 50 years from now. 
Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Conversations with Money with Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski. To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to info at CapitalCoreFinancial.com. Now, back to Conversations with Money. Welcome, you're listening to Conversations with Money. I'm your host, Franco Caligiuri. And I'm your host, Marissa Zeblinski. And we have Julie Berry here today from The Love of Food. And we are talking about some of our favorite topics, aside from my favorite topic of chocolate, talking about entrepreneurship and successes and failures and how to reroute uh, and readjust when hitting those points of failure. So... Julie, I wanted to use this opportunity to just go back a bit. I, I know enough about your story to understand why it relates, but I think it would be good for people to understand. How did you, maybe just give some background in terms of your initial experiences when we first started sitting down and diving into that money talk. Uh, I remember when we first started sitting down, you had some vagueness, some lack of clarity, but a lot of passion, which is something that over the years, Franco and I have seen a lot with entrepreneurs. It's often there's a lot of passion and a big picture, a big, you know, vision board and business uh, statement or business plan that's half developed on, on one side, but oftentimes the financials aren't completed. So when we first started talking about money, you had some ideas. Uh, there was a bit of vagueness. I remember asking you questions on the, on the margins and the numbers. Do you want to share a little bit about what that was like for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, um, kind of actually going back to before we spoke when I first started, I actually had absolutely no idea what my margins were when I first started. I have a feeling that might be the case. <laughs> when we first met in your face, when I asked you, I still remember. I was like, okay, she doesn't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so I had no idea. Um, but I, I did actually, I did um, do business planning um, before we met. I had done business planning. Um, because I received two loans for my business. So you have to do a lot of research and whatnot. Um, but what happens is, especially in the food industry, and I'm, I imagine it would be similar to other industries as well, is when you're first starting up, you don't really know what your margins are. You I mean, you kind of know, you make estimations. But when you start actually scaling up your business and you, you actually do it, things change a lot. Oh, 100%. And I, I, I want to make sure you know, I understand what we see what, when, when you said, you know, you didn't know the numbers. That's something we see all the time. Yeah. You know, that's not unique to you and, and that it's something we see with new entrepreneurs all the time. But again, and we'll go back to it, but when you do start scaling up, you, you need, it's critical to understand those numbers in order to know which, you know, you've got five flavors of chocolates. Which chocolates do you scale up? Which makes the most sense? Things you, you figured out down the road. So, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, I was saying um, that, like, yeah, margins margins do change. So, mm. um, 
yeah, we definitely, I didn't, I didn't have a, I had a lack of clarity at the time that we did speak, um, but I did have clarity before, but then they changed. So then I didn't have any more clarity. But what happened was that I was so busy being an entrepreneur, so busy running around to make my business go that I wasn't looking at the margins and calculating the change in margins on a regular basis. So I had a rough idea, but definitely did not have a clear understanding at that point. And the other area that I lacked a lot of clarity on, because I was scared to look at it, um, was that I wasn't aware of the amount of debt that I had. And you had said, Julie, how much debt do you have? What are you paying on interest? And I had no clue. And I wanted to run away from it because um, I felt probably things that you have noticed in, in clients, shame, embarrassment, and overwhelm. Why do you think that uh, you were not looking at, at the actual numbers? What do, you, what, what do you think some of the barriers were? Good question. I think there were several. Um, some of the biggest ones were, you know, as an entrepreneur, you have so much on your plate, right? You have to look at your financials, your operations, your human resources, your marketing, customer relations. And so um, you're constantly putting out fires. And it's really hard to make time to do things that are very proactive. And also, um, when you're stressed out, you tend to avoid things that are stressful, more stressful, and that overwhelm. And for me, numbers are overwhelming and they're stressful, as for many entrepreneurs. Um, so I think those were some of the key reasons. So who is actually looking at the numbers for you if, if you weren't looking at them? <laughs> Good question. Well, I had, a rough of idea. I had a rough idea, right? I mean, I kind of knew, like I knew that, you know, I was making money in my product, but I didn't really know what my operating costs were. And we ch- I changed my product so much over the past first year and a half. We scaled up. It completely changed my business. And, you know, there's just so many different variations and factors. So I think a part of it too was not really having a good system in place um, to to to, to look at it, but you're absolutely right. There's you have to take responsibility as an entrepreneur, a business owner. You have to set the time aside. That's to- funny he didn't say that. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> That's what you were hearing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have to, and and it, it takes a lot of courage because you have to, you know, say, okay, I'm going to put two hours aside. I'm not going to deal with these fires. I'm going to take time to be proactive and really look at this. And um, it's not really that fun. But I do want to say that one of the reasons I did get really inspired to look at my um, uh, my margins and everything more clearly because, Marissa, you had so much passion and you were so excited about it. So uh, I want to thank you that you, it really, you know, transferred over to me and I was like, oh, this could be fun. So um, I, I, yeah, you were a big part of that. So thank you. Thank you. I, I can't tell you, you, would, you couldn't see me, but I was smiling every time I would get those texts or emails from you in the evenings with pictures of envelopes with your receipts organized and all of the numbers. And you were like, I'm having a budgeting party or a financial organization party with myself. And it was just amazing to hear because I know what you said is very much what we hear from entrepreneurs of all kinds in every area. It could be a chocolate business. It could be a sporting business. It could be a mining company, whatever it might be. You can't wear every hat. And it's it's not uncommon to hear I'm so busy running the business that I didn't understand the numbers. So what you're saying is by no means something that's unique to you. It's It's a challenge. And how do you become an expert at everything? I mean, that would be crazy. <laughs> that would be amazing. I want to meet the person who's an expert at everything, but there's, it's very seldom. Julie, when, when you 
got control over the the numbers and got control with the the finances of your business. Did you find that it actually transferred over to other areas of your life? Oh, that's a very juicy question. I like that. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. Well, I think that um, you know, becoming more aware of my finances. It's, it's a practice in being mindful in life, right? It's being aware of your actions, um, looking at detail, and you see, well, I saw, you know, how much looking at these details had, um, you know, had a big impact on my business and on my life. So I can't give you a concrete example of how it impacted my life um, in other areas, but I, I do feel like it did have an impact for sure. And I actually, I'm just um, finishing writing my second business plan and going through that whole process definitely, um, I think, helped give me some new tools to work with. Um, but oh, actually, one thing I can say, which I did feel, is I felt more confident. I think my energy shifted. Mm. Um, and uh, some people, some of my colleagues noticed that. And that was kind of I neat. noticed it as well. It was a very distinct moment where you had an understanding and had an awareness and you felt more secure and confident in your decision-making and your ability to speak to things. Your face and your eye contact, even when I would ask you now, we met last week about numbers uh, and financials around the business, you're able to maintain that confidence throughout the entire time opposed to before, as soon as we would dive into that, there was a little bit of looking around, not necessarily direct eye contact, looking down. It's a very distinct body and confidence thing that came out very differently only eight months later. So it, it doesn't have to be, I think that's another point that needs to be stressed. It doesn't need to be this big, awful, daunting thing that takes years and years to implement. I mean, July 2014, I want to I go back for a minute. I want to go back to what it was that you hit up against. I know you said that I inspired you to some degree to start looking at the numbers and create an awareness, but there was something else that happened where you made a distinct decision to really look at the nitty gritty and move forward. Yeah, absolutely. So um, in July 2014, I received an email from my Carob supplier. Um, so just to give you some context for that, I, I have two product lines. I have a product line that's made with chocolate, but I have another product line that's very unique that's made with carob powder. And it tastes like chocolate, but it isn't chocolate. So a big part of my business actually relies on carob powder. And uh, there was, I, I source a very specific kind from the U.S., and there was a recall on carob powder in the U.S. Um, and to be, you know, cautious, they required that, you know, all my product be taken off the market. And the Global Truffles, the, the product made with carob powder was actually 60% of my revenue stream, which is huge for a small business. Um, and a lot of my retailers only carried the Global Truffles, so... Um, it's, it was a pretty, pretty big impact uh, on my business. And sort of already as a startup where, you know, uh, you're strapped for cash, you're working a lot, and you're, you're already facing so many constraints and so many challenges, it was, it was, a, it was a pretty big blow. It was, it was a very, very difficult time. Um, and uh, my insurance company actually didn't cover it for various reasons. So uh, I was left with... Um, yeah, myself in that no one no one was there to to soften the blow from a financial standpoint. How did you how did you feel? How did that what was going on in your head? What was going on for you when that happened? 
at first it was very much a, a feeling of disbelief of, oh my gosh, like this can't be happening. No, my product's fine. And then, yeah, I think it was, there was a bit of grief uh, that happened. There was sadness because I, I love what I do. I love feeding people. Um, and so it was, yeah, there was sadness of not being able to, to offer that product to people that has really, you know, it's really helped them change their lives and get off sugar. Um, and then there was a lot of stress, a lot of stress around, oh my goodness, can I make my business run financially from a financial standpoint? Um, and, you know, my retailers, I had to also pay them back, right? Because they've already paid for their product. And so I had to cover did those have, costs. Do you have a buffer for that? Uh, no, I did not. No. If I can just ask, it's because you weren't looking at the numbers during that period of time? Well, Marissa and I had actually met originally um, a few months before. And so I had started to look at a couple things. But again, I was busy with my business. So I didn't really delve into details. I know that Marissa beforehand, um, one of the things I was working on was sort of understanding more where my cost was going. So I had done a little bit of research. I had gotten, you know understood what I was paying and interest on my debt. I think I became more clear on what my, my, um, my phone bill was each month. Um, little, little things like that. But I, wasn't, I didn't have any solid understanding at that point of what was happening in my business. I didn't even know if my business was profitable or, or what was going on. So, um, And um, a big part of that too, actually, is I didn't have an organizational system for my receipts which is, sounds like a very simple thing, but it actually has a oh, no, really those huge impact. little things make a huge impact. If you have a system there, like what I see you have now, when I've gone to your kitchen and seen that, that slotting where you put all your receipts in specifically, that makes it easy. You can make it easier for yourself, for sure, and you have. I've seen that over the past year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's, and that basically, I implemented that after the, the, um, the recall. So, so what had happened, I thought, okay, you know, this is a big load of my business. So I did two things. One is I, I said, okay, I need to write a new business plan. But as any entrepreneur know, knows, the core of a business plan are your financial statements that you can't get investment unless you can show somebody, okay, this is what my costs were the past year. This is what I've made and all that. So that's a, a first step. And the other step was, was to look at, okay, what, what's really going on in my business? What are my costs? Um, how can I cut down my costs? Um, you know, what am I spending my money on? And what are my sales? How can I increase my sales? So those, after I, I kind of had the emotional breakdown and I came back to center and I was able to really, you know, approach things um, from a more centered point of view, um, that those are the two kind of steps that I took. That's interesting as we speak a lot about the importance of approaching financial decisions and financial, you know, any, any types of experiences like this objectively, you need to separate the, all the subjective and emotional meaning that we place on money or the lack thereof or failure or bumps, you know, all those bumps in the road. They are in many ways opportunity to, you know, readjust and grow, but they are also an easy way out for a lot of people. Uh, I'd be interested to know, was that... Was that something that crossed your mind? Did you ever think about just quitting and saying, okay, I'm done with this. This is it. Many times, many times. Um, but actually, one of the things that- I'm glad you didn't because I still get my chocolates. <laughs> well, you know, one of the reasons that really kept me going- Selfish, Marissa, just selfish. <laughs> They're delicious chocolates. I don't share them with you for a reason. <laughs> well, one of the reasons that really inspired to keep me going 
was that I had so much support from my customers. So many people said, Julie, we really want to see your business continue. You know, your products are a huge asset to the community. The retailers loved it. Um, and it's it's really actually helped some of my customers change their lives and completely get off sugar. So, um, yeah, it's I, I actually decided to go ahead with it um, because I wanted to to continue to help and serve other people. Um, and if it was just for me, I definitely <laughs> I might have just quit. But um, it's definitely that commitment to my why and my big vision that continues to inspire me. Did you have any uh, resistance? as you were reorganizing things? Oh, huge. Um, first of all, it was really boring for me. I thought, oh my gosh, the last thing I want to do is sit here in piles of receipts and organize them. Um, so, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a huge factor. Um, but one of the things I did actually was, okay, how can I make this fun? So it sounds kind of nerdy, but I went out and I bought different colored pens, which is the pictures that I sent to you, Marissa. <laughs> and I color coded my envelopes. And I tried to make it actually artistic. And that's how I put good music on. So I think there's ways to, you know, with anything. And as an entrepreneur, you have to do really boring things and things that you hate. Julie, if you look beside you on the wall, we have a color coordinated calendar, which Frank and I have colored in for the rest of 2015. So we can relate. Cor- correction, color- <laughs> correction. I, I colored it. <laughs> You colored and yes, I. You made fun of me, asking me why am I coloring this calendar? Because you stood there coloring, and it looked like it was cute. But now it's funny because Julie apparently likes colors too. Well, uh, actually, come on, you have looked at it. It's organized your thoughts because you get to see the whole year. Visually, it looks good to look at the rest of 2015 and know we have exactly how many business days are left and everything slotted in for the next. 11 months. So let's go back to Julie. Oh, right. It's not about us. It's not about us. <laughs> and we're going to be going to a break here, but I just want you to continue, Julie, just to continue on the color coding there, just because what we talked about, it really gets you to see the areas that you need to focus on. And it does focus your mind. It's amazing how color coding really does focus your mind. Absolutely. And I also think that working with color, um, it actually activates your right brain. And I'm a big believer in all your business to integrate the right and left brain, whatever you do. For those of you that can't see Franco, he's hitting me right now and saying, say, I told you so. So thank you, Julie, for giving him that. (laughs) No problem. It's actually a a huge topic I'm very passionate about, Um, but I'll leave it it at that for now, but I, it's, uh, it's, it's hugely you. important um, for, for anyone in any area of life to do that. So um, yeah, it activates your right brain, it gets you excited, um, and, then, and then you do a better job in the end. So, and also, yeah, color coding, it helps you to visually understand what's going on too. And I'm a very visual learner, um, and so I think it can give you better perspective. Yeah, that's that's interesting, and that's helpful too for us to. I think in working with all entrepreneurs, it's always good to know how people learn and how people take in information. Because I think when we are visual and entrepreneur and creative, and are using, you know, one side of the brain versus the other, uh, in regards to that, it can be more difficult and daunting to sit down and analyze your numbers and figure out your margins and your business financials. And am I even profitable? You know, those are questions that you needed to come to a point where you had to figure out in order to decide: Do I move on with my business? So. I appreciate it. I'm glad you did that because, like I said, I, I keep getting my chocolate, so I'm happy. We're going into a break soon, aren't we? Uh, yes, we, <laughs> we are. But uh, just to, if you want to join in this conversation here, 
which uh, I personally myself uh, am enjoying um, beyond just talking about chocolate. We're we're talking with Julie today and talking about uh, Julie's talking about the the challenges that have come with building a business. And I think for any of you that are listening that have a business uh, or contemplating having a business or or starting up a business. Definitely some some tips and and, and uh, tools that you'd be able to use to help you to get around that. Uh, please follow us uh, on Twitter. Uh, in Twitter, uh, our handle is at uh, Your Money Matters. In the matters, there is no e. It's M A T T R S. And uh, you can go to our website uh, www. Julie, do you have a website that people can go to? I do. My website is triple w dot love of food.ca so it's l o v e o f f as in food f o o d.ca perfect and uh, as we go into a break we encourage you to go to Julie's website and you can check her out and see what uh, she's all about we'll see you on the other side America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support you. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Conversations with Money with Franco Calagiri and Marissa Sipolinski. To reach our show today, please call 1 866 472 5790. Again, that's 1 866 472 5790. You may also send an email to info at capitalcorefinancial.com. Now, back to Conversations with Money. I'm your host, Franco Caligiuri. And I'm your host, Marissa Sepulinski. Today, our guest is uh, Julie. And uh, Julie, before the, the break, uh, we were, you, you were sharing the experiences that you had um, and, and some of the failures that uh, you experienced on, on building up your business and, and the recall that, uh, that you experienced. I can't imagine for a small business uh, experiencing a recall um, just just the impact of that. I mean, that, that, that seems very, you just saying that seems very overwhelming. Um, but do you mind just sharing a little bit more? 
Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah. So as I mentioned with the recall, it really inspired me to, I actually had no choice. If I wanted to make my business succeed, I knew that I really needed to understand my numbers, understand my costs, get my financial statements done, um, and, and go in depth. So a really, a few things happened that were really, really neat. So in the, I think it was September I started, I went through every single receipt, every single thing that I had spent money on my business in the past year, one at a time and looked at it. Um, and one of the things that happened, I didn't know what, um, you know, if anything would happen from it, but I started to develop an awareness mm. of how easily money can be spent on little things, right? And I was like, wow, you know, I mean, it's okay. I know I spend money on this and that per month, but when you actually look at every receipt and you kind of add it up in your mind, you're like, wow, that's actually a lot. And I could have invested that money into X or Y or saved it or whatever, right? So um, a rainy day fund, so that if worst case scenario, a product gets recalled, you have one. Absolutely. <laughs> much, much better options. So, and it's not that, you know, you, you can't spend money, but it's just being aware yeah. of, what it, of what it is. You know, right? we talk about that all the time. I bring up the whole Starbucks coffee when there's someone sitting there that's saying they have no money and they're holding the Starbucks cup and I ask them how, you know, they do the numbers and they show they're having their coffee five times a week. And it's not a matter of saying you can't have Starbucks, but it's a creating an awareness around it. So instead of saying I have no money, it's I have some money, but I'm choosing to spend it on Starbucks and new shoes or whatever it might be. But that awareness then gives you options to make the decisions. So you might say, okay, I have this money, but now I understand that I have this money. How do I choose to spend it? Absolutely. And um, just the simple step of going through that process really changed things for me. And I think what I, one thing I really want to share with other entrepreneurs is that one of the things that I was I was thinking was, oh, if I go through this, I'm going to find out, you know, figure out some solutions and I'm going to be thinking for hours about this and I'm not going to find a solution. I'm going to fail again or this or that. But the really cool thing is that just by developing an awareness, just by looking at the numbers, things kind of start to shift automatically. You kind of start to change your behavior and you you become more mindful. And one of the really cool things that happened is after, so this was after I think a month after the recall, losing 60% of my revenue as a small business, I actually had a cash flow positive month. Wow. That is amazing to hear. I love what you're saying right now, too, because I did a presentation recently where I literally used that exact line about understanding the numbers creates a greater awareness and, it's, and things shift. And, and it's not that you can't choose to spend the money on coffee anymore, and it's not that you've made some huge revelations as to the business plan, but shifts do start to happen because of that awareness. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that I think, Marissa, I, and I love that you – Put you frame this in a way for me at one time, and you said, Julie, you just have to start developing an awareness around your finances. You don't have to figure out a fancy solution or you know get too complicated. And I think that was a huge barrier for me and a huge barrier to lots of people because they think, oh my gosh, the moment I start looking at things, again, it's going to cause more stress, more anxiety, more whatever. But the, the my experience has been is that actually. Um, and it was really interesting because, you know, after looking at things, nothing changed right away. But I felt way more centered, way less stressed, way more calm, and oddly enough, more free. Mm. Yeah, what do you think was the biggest payoff for you? Like, so you you made the shift and you started to 
you started to create, you know, fight up against that resistance. You took that failure as an opportunity to really dig deeper and, and, and learn. What do you think was the biggest payoff? If you had to look at something, whether it be emotionally or, or you know, uh, financial, was it, was it the financial? I mean, that's amazing to hear that you had a cash positive. But when I try it on, the emotional side is where I would feel the most reward, I think. But I don't know what it was for you. Absolutely. And I, I really do believe that some of the results that we have in our business and our life stem from, you know, where we are emotionally, right? Oh, 100%. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I could say that the biggest success was the, you know, the feeling of freedom, the feeling of being centered and less stressful. But yeah, that as a result of that, other, yeah, other things happened. Now, as uh, we were leading up to the show here, uh, Julie, you you talked about actually. There's one point that you brought, uh, uh, or that you said here, and you said that you, the things that you thought that you had. I'm just quoting you here. So the things that you had to focus um, no longer be, no longer mattered so much, and you realized that you were spending too much money in certain areas that you never thought about, such as uh, banking fees, which for me is a pet peeve. Um, I can't I've come across people that pay hundreds of dollars per month on bank fees, and it's your money. Um, can, can you expand a little bit more on some of the other realizations? Yeah, absolutely. So after that big, huge organization of my receipts, um, I got really brave, got very courageous, and got my financial statements completed by my accountant. And I was very, very nervous to look at them. Oh, my goodness. Congrats on that. I know that was a lot of work. And that is a big piece for a lot of business owners. So huge congrats. Thank you. And I'm so glad I looked at it because it gave me so much clarity. And I saw that, you know, some areas I was really worried about my business. I didn't actually, you know, my, my costs were okay. I mean, not that there couldn't be any improvements, but, you know, th- they were reasonable. Like, for example, uh, oh, you know, I'm not, I, I'm spending, you know, a, a, a good amount on ingredients, not, you know, not too much. And that's, I don't have to, you know, cut costs in that, in that way. But one of the, the costs I was very surprised about was the amount I was paying per year in banking fees and on interest rates. And I think one of the reasons that I was paying so much in those areas, because I wasn't looking at it, I was too afraid, again, of really looking at how much was I paying in interest rates, what kind of banking, you know, structure or uh, account that I had, how much it was costing, because I was too scared. And I've seen that in a lot of my entrepreneurial friends. They have no idea, you know, as an entrepreneur, you have to take on debt, right? That that's part of part of the game, and it's stressful. People feel shame about it, so they they want to they want to block it out. They don't want to look at it. Not open the bill. Where do you think that uh, fear comes from? I think the fear. Hmm, good question. I think it's the fear of the unknown. The fear that if you find out that maybe you will fail, maybe that you will. Um, not be able to succeed. Um, I, I, I think it's unique for everybody, but actually most of the time fear is irrational. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think we all play out the worst possible outcome in our head. But at the same time, I think you, you know, I commend you for sitting there and recognizing and having an emo- enough of a 
understanding around your emotional capacity and what was going on for you that you decided to take that on? Because I do think it's easy. And I think we've all been there at Crossroads before. We say, you know, screw it. I'm not doing this. I don't want to feel this anymore. I'm just going to go back and do a salary job and do what's comfortable. And that's to some degree easier because it's less discomfort. It's less diving into those areas. But that you know, that bill closed, leaving the bill closed, not looking at the statements, not looking at the numbers, it trickles into other areas of your life. I, I imagine that as you, you know, and we've talked about this a few times throughout today and over the last episodes, as you built that awareness and as you started to open those bills and really look at it, really look at what that interest rate is, really call those banks and say, can I lower this interest rate? And look at your options. What's the best way of managing my finances? you, the effects, I imagine, trickle into other areas of your life than just financial. Well, it's a good question. Um, I want to say two things. First is that when you start looking at them, you actually find ways to save money, right? So the the irony is, is the more that you fear it, the more you're running away, the more money you're going to end up spending. So the moment that you start to look at, you know, your banking fees and this and that, you start to save money. And really, I mean, your financial health um, is a foundation to the rest of your life, right? Because money is power. It gives you opportunity. And so the moment that you um, feel more f- freedom, feel more in control of your finances, um, I think that that, you know, opens up possibilities in, in every single area of your life. We have a, a question here and uh, we're coming up to the uh, end towards the end of our show here. Marissa, can you uh, read the question? Yeah, the question is, uh, well, it's Julie in the term Anne. Thank you, Anne. Uh, thanks for sharing your story. How is your business doing now? I agree with your comment about the connection between a person's emotional state and money. Good question, Anne. Thank you for writing in. So uh, I'm still recovering from the recall. Uh, However, it was six months ago when I'm still in business and I'm every month I'm practicing looking at what my costs are, you know, going deeper. And I have been having more and more cash flow positive months. So I've been able to stay afloat uh, and I just finished writing a very large business plan. And I'm really excited about it because I delved into the numbers. I understand my business. I understand the costs. Um, you know, all the opportunities. And I have a really, really solid uh, business plan moving forward. And I'm going to be starting conversations very soon with potential investors and bringing it back to my financial institution. Well, Julie, I can't believe one hour has gone by. It's gone by so quickly. We thank you very much for uh, coming in and joining us today and sharing your story. I feel like we have so much more to talk about. (laughs) I know. I think, and thank you, Julie, I think the message that's the most important that for me, you know, kept coming up in all of our conversations is if you're really committed, and I think this is an important point that you said, you were so committed to your mission. You were so committed to your vision of helping people. It was so much greater than just a business and numbers. There was an emotional component to it, but it was a very distinct mission that you decided that you chose. And when you became completely committed to it, you made the decision to use the failure as an opportunity to succeed. It was like you readjusted and you revamped and you made the changes that you needed to do to move forward. And I think for a lot of people, they use failure, failure, you know, using it as an opportunity to succeed is hard. And you did that well. So thank you. We, ho- we hope that uh, you enjoyed our show today. Uh, we look forward to having you join us next week as we have uh, another guest. Uh, who's our guest, uh, Marissa? 
We have Chad Viminitz on next week. And he wrote a book uh, called Money Assassins. <laughs> Money Assassins doesn't sound so friendly, but I promise <laughs> it to be entertaining. <laughs> Absolutely. Julie, can you um, uh, share again your, your website and uh, how people can uh, maybe get a hold of you if they want to? Absolutely. My website is www.loveoffood.ca. And I'm also on Twitter under Glow Goodies. And on Facebook under Glow Goodies, as well as on Instagram under Glow Goodies. Perfect. Uh, that's great. Uh, and if you want to ask any questions until next week, you, please feel free to email us. And Marissa, what's that email? That email is info at capitalcorefinancial.com. And you can go onto our website as well at www.capitalcorefinancial.com. Thank you for joining us today. And we will see you next week. Thank you for tuning in this week. Please join Franco Calagiri and Marissa Sipolinski again for another edition of Conversations with Money next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wealthy week. We'll be right back.